0: I start every sermon with that word. All right. Here we go. My brother Spurgeon was here. Buckle up. <laughs> I don't have any jokes because Pastor Legault has told them all. So he found the joke vault and he told them all, so no more jokes for you from me. So when I, had, when I was approached by Pastor Kenny about preaching, Today, you know, I originally thought I was preaching this morning when a uh, different uh, scenario was going to happen, and this message just kind of popped in my mind. I had already preached it. Uh, I preached it a few months back at a youth group outing, so anybody that was at uh, Brother Lang's, you will be familiar with this, but uh, today I'm going to preach about fires. <clears throat> I like fires. Fires are fun. I had a fire yesterday, uh, burning a lot of stuff from Christmas and Uh, cereal boxes and all sorts of nonsense and just getting rid of a lot of junk. But tonight we're going to talk about whose fire are you around. It's a very simple sermon. Uh, uh, Last time I preached, I preached actually when Pastor Kenny was talking about infections this morning, talking about staph infections, I was like, oh, I just preached on that last time I I preached here. And it's not going to be a super in-depth, deep message, but it's going to be very practical. Uh, I'm not sure how long it's gonna be? But it's. it's uh, everybody kept saying, "Are you gonna go two hours?" Pastor Kenny went long this, longer this morning. I'm not gonna say long, longer. Are you gonna go longer than that? I Said, "No, no, not tonight. I'm hungry." But uh, anyway, so fires are something that they they always draw attention to themselves, no matter what. If you had a lighter, if somebody had a lighter and they lit it, everybody, oh, fire! You know, if there was a fire up here, I'm sure your attention would be drawn to it, and then. I'm sure the fire alarm would be going off and all that good stuff. But fires, they draw attention to themselves, and they typically draw people to them. When I see a campfire, I like to walk over to the campfire, not into it, but just over to it and look at it and get warm. I know folks that like to take their socks off and put them on the rocks next to the campfire to warm them up, and there's all sorts of things that you do at a campfire. People like campfires. I like fires. They have multiple purposes. Uh, They provide light. They provide warmth. That should be very obvious. Uh, they're used for cooking. They're used for getting rid of trash and brush around the house. Uh, they can have positive and negative effects. So, tonight we're just going to look at a few fires in the Bible and we're going to try to figure out which one you're around today. So, wh- whose fire are you around? Let me rate my time here. We'll say 617. All right, let's go ahead and pray and we'll get started. Father. I thank you for this place. I thank you for just, uh, just the heritage we have here and our, and our, our pastors that we've had and, ha- and have. Lord, and I just thank you for the blessings that we uh, sometimes we just take for granted and we don't even realize what we have. And a lot of times you don't realize what you have until it's gone. Father, I, I pray that wouldn't be the case with us here at Emmanuel, And I pray that this would be a, an, a help to the folks that need the help. And I know it helped me and worked on me as I pondered on these thoughts. And again, I pray that I pray that you would get the uh, the glory tonight. that in all things, that you would have the preeminence, Father. I ask above all that you would come back soon and take us out of here. In Jesus' name, Amen. All right, let's go to now. This is simple, and you could probably. I already talked to Brother Bacon, and I already ripped off my my points to him. And I'm sure you could. Get your points right in a row immediately if I tell you whose fire are you around. If you're a preacher, you know the Bible, you know the fires. But we're going to go to those fires tonight. John chapter 18. John chapter 18. I feel like I'm losing my voice, but I haven't been yelling at my wife all day. I don't know what happened. I've already sprayed. I just said right before I came up here... (laughs) I don't need, oh cough drop. No, I can't do it. It'll spit out and it'll go all over and stuff. And it's not good at multitasking. Otherwise, I would. All right, John chapter 18. I do appreciate that though. I'll take it after. Uh, John chapter 18. Let's look ahead, look at uh, verses, we'll just read verses 15 through 18. And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. That disciple was known unto the high priest and went in with Jesus into the palace of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door without. Then went out that other disciple, which was known unto the high priest, and spake unto her they kept the door, and brought in Peter. Then saith the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, art thou also one of this man's disciples? He saith, I am not. And the servants and officers stood there, who had made a fire of coals, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves. And Peter stood with them, and warmed himself. So the first fire we're going to look at is the backslider's fire. The backslider's fire. Like I said, it's going to be a very simple message, basic, but we need simple and basic just as much as we need the deep doctrines and stuff, and I pray that this is going to be a help to you. It's, it'll, the Bible will work if you let it work. Uh, if you resist it, then there's no help for you. You've got to just let it work. So this is a fire that is going to draw you near to it after you distance yourself from the Lord. Uh, Peter, he was walking with the Lord, and he got offended. He fell away. They made a fire of coals for it was cold. And that's exactly what's going to happen. You're following Jesus Christ and something happens and you distance yourself from the Lord. You distance yourself from him and then all of a sudden you start to get cold. This isn't a good cold, you know, like to cranking the A.C. up when it's hot outside. This is cold like, hey, I'm not moving the way I should be moving. You know, this doesn't feel quite right. I need some warmth. I need some heat. You can can deal with heat a lot longer than you can deal with cold. Uh, you, can, you can hydrate and hydrate in the summertime, but you can drink all the water in, in, that you want in the wintertime. If it's below zero degrees, I mean, you're just going to freeze the more so. The more water you put inside of you, you will just be a big popsicle. Uh, there's, you can't just hydrate and stay good when it's cold. It's bad when you get cold. So he went and looked for a heat source. He went over to the wrong fire he went to the fire, the devil's fire with the devil's people. He went over there and warmed himself because he was cold. And that's what will happen. You'll get cold when you distance yourself from the Lord every single time. And you'll start to not move the way you used to move when you were warm. around the, You're near the right fire, which we'll talk about that at the end. But hey, you're, you're going, you, you seek out a fire. Now if I'm wandering around and I'm cold, I'm going to go to the first fire that I see to get warm. And, you know, Peter, it just so happens that the devil has that fire right there for him. He has it built, ready to go. He doesn't have to do any work at all. He just walks over, and there's a burn barrel with a bunch of bums around it. Well, not bums. It tells you who they are. Not the other bums. And, uh, but they're around that fire. And uh, the, the maids, the servants, the officers of the high priest, uh, the high priest Caiaphas. But they're, they're around this fire, and that's exactly who he was with, too. And when you slide backwards... You decide to not follow Jesus because you get a little offended. Something happens and you just back off a little bit. Be careful because this fire, the devil is going to have this fire brewing somewhere near you and it's going to catch your attention and you're going to go over to it. And then the wrong thing is going to happen. You'll get cold. You'll, uh, you'll have to take care of that problem, go into that wrong heat source. You're around the wrong people. You're people that are connected with the ones that hate the Lord. Look over at Mark chapter 14. You're yoked right up with the world. And there is something you can do about it, but you won't. Because you are cold, and you're getting satisfied with their heat. So Mark chapter 14. And look at, the, look at these folks here in, uh, let's see, verse, we'll start in verse, oh, let's see, 61. I oh, we'll start in 60. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answerest thou nothing? What is it uh, which these witness against thee? But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again, the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes and said, And saith, uh, We what need we any further witnesses? Ye have heard the blasphemy. What think ye? And they all condemned him to be guilty of death. And this Caiaphas here—he's the one that all these are—they're under and they're following. The maids, the servants, and the officers—they're all under his regime here. They're all in in uh, in sync with him, and they're connected with the one that wanted Jesus Christ dead. Here was hoping that he was going to be—that they would find him guilty of death. And that's who you're connected with. When you're around that fire, you're connected not with the Lord Jesus Christ, you're connected with the world. You're connected with the ones that hate Jesus Christ. And it's it's very interesting. Uh, you pick up their characteristics. There's no developing as a Christian in this atmosphere. Absolutely not. It won't happen. Uh, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. That's a guarantee. It doesn't say that it might. Evil communications corrupt good manners always. Uh, you, can, you can mark it down. When you draw away from the Lord, you better believe that the devil has a fire waiting for you, for you to warm up next to. I can promise you that. It'll happen. It happened to me. Now, I'm sure there's some people here that can, that can testify that it might have happened to them too, as well. You'll find some satisfa- satisfaction. Of course, if you're looking for warmth, a fire will give you warmth. Okay, that makes sense, right? <laughs> uh, and I found some warmth for a little while, but yeah, that fades away. And then you realize what's going on and how your life is just morphed into something, something wrong and, and just wicked and vile, and you've you got to get away from that backslider's fire soon while well, you can. Because, you know, the, the, longer, the longer you're away, so if I stop and the Lord just continues, continues on, it's gonna, the longer I say stopped, the harder it is for me to catch up, right? Or whoever it might be. But if, this car, if I stop on the side of the road and the car that was right behind me, they pull out and keep on going, and I stop for 10 minutes, they're quite a ways away from me now. It's going to take a while to catch up. It's best not to stop and hang out by that fire. Look at Luke chapter 22. Just flip around at these uh, parallel accounts. Uh, Luke chapter 22... Actually, hold on a second. Let's flip over to... Keep your spot there and go back to Mark 14. And here's something very interesting. uh, Very interesting about Peter here and how he gets into this situation. Now, Peter... We know that in the end of verse 14, Mark chapter 14, he begins to to curse and swear, saying, I know not this man of whom you speak. And and the cock, uh, he crowed twice... Denied him three times. Now look back in verse twenty seven of that of that chapter. And Jesus saith unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. And Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. But he spake the more vehemently, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. Now something interesting here is that Peter, he did not listen to what the Lord was saying from the scripture. He wasn't listening to the Bible. It says, For it is written in verse 27. This is Jesus Quoting Scripture, you know, if Peter would have listened to what the Bible had said, right? If he had listened to what the Scripture said, he might not have ended up in the problem that he was in, the mess he was in. You know, a lot of times you don't listen to what the Bible says, and it could be coming right from the mouth of Jesus, and it doesn't matter, you just do not care, and you are just bent on being, doing what you want to do. and say, nope, I don't think so, I don't believe what it says, I don't care what it says, I'm doing this. Well, you're going to end up in the wrong place. And that's how it happened to Peter. All right, back over to Luke chapter 22. Tears of regret, tears of regret. We'll start in verse uh, 54. Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house and Peter followed afar off. And he's in a bad spot. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them uh, but a certain maid uh, beheld him as he, he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, "This man was also with him." And he denied him, and he denied him, saying, "Woman, I know him not." And after a little while, he saw him and said, "Thou art also of them." And, the, and Peter said, uh, "Man, I am not." And about the space of one hour, after another, confidentially affirmed, saying, "Of a truth, this fellow." Also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, "Man, I know not what thou sayest." And immediately, while he had spake, the cock crew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him before the cock crow, "Thou shalt deny me thrice." And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Now, you're going to have some some. Peter had tears of regret, and you will have tears of regret as well. If you stick around this fire too long, sure. Maybe you're there right now. Get away from it. You don't want to come to the point <laughs> like what Peter had happened. When the Lord, he, it says that the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And man, that, that moment, Peter's heart, he, whew, he must have just sunk and just knew what happened. Just knew like, hey, wow, he told me what was going to happen. I told him it wasn't going to happen. And I denied him. Here I am just failure, just hanging around the backsliders fire in a mess and wept bitterly, wept bitterly. You'll, you'll weep bitterly and you'll have bitter tears of regret if you stick around that fire. Like I said, I've, ha- I've been around that fire and I've definitely had regret from that. Mom and dad or whoever you are here, you're you're dabbling in something you're kind of by that fire a little bit and you say oh, i'm just i'm just there here and there i'll pop over warm my hands up at that fire then get back over to what i'm supposed to be doing right you say that's just in moderation okay parents well you know what what you do what you do in moderation your kids will do in excess <laughs> that's what's going to happen you say oh i just have a few drinks here and your parent your kids see that every once in a while and say oh Mom and Dad do it. What, what's stopping me from having that and more? Excuse me, and more. What's stopping me from just doing, hey, they did it, or this person that I looked up to does it, whatever it might be. But that what you do in moderation, whoever's following you and looking up to you will do in excess most of the time. That's how it happens, justifying it. What are you doing? Why, why are you around that backslider's fire cell? How, how could you? How could I? After knowing Jesus, like Peter knew Jesus, how could we do that? But Peter did it. I did it. I'm sure somebody else here has done it, too. The backsliders fire. Man, that's a bad fire to be around. Get away from that fire. If you're next to that fire, get away from it. Peter did, and we'll get to that. Point number two, Acts chapter 28. So we have the uh, backsliders' fire, and now we have the barbarians' fire. Acts number 28. All right, Acts number 28. And actually, we'll start it off in verse or chapter number 27. We'll start off chapter number 27, verse 43, and we'll just read right on through uh, verse 6 of the next chapter. Verse 43, But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose uh, and commanded that they which could swim uh, should cast themselves first into the sea and get to the land, and the rest some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass as they escaped, uh, that they escaped all safe to land, and when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita, and the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they, kindled, for they kindled a fire and received us every one, because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, uh, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous uh, beast hang on his hand, they said amongst them, among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. Uh, he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit, they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly, but after they looked a great while, they saw no harm come to him. They changed their minds and said he was a god. So, this fire we're looking at right now is the barbarian's fire. Uh, this is a fire that maybe it's after a storm. Something happened in your life, a big storm. Paul, Paul's the character here. We were just talking about Peter, now Paul. This isn't necessarily a wrong fire to be around. It's, a, it's an innocent fire, like I said, it's not wrong to be at, but it's one to be cautious around. Uh, Paul, he had just been in a storm, he made it through, and he was in the company of people that he had never been around before. Uh, As he was trying to be a help, he got hurt. Something bad latched onto him, an attack from a serpent. I'm sure everybody here has, you've been through a storm, and then something happens after the storm. You're just trying to be a help, you're just trying to do something good, and then something happens, and it just so happens that it happens after a storm. Isn't that right? Isn't that how it happens? You go through something terrible, and you've made it through. And you're on that those broken pieces, and you make it to the shore. Like, oh, man, I am glad that's over. Ooh, look at the fire. You know, and you can go over to the fire, and you're getting warm. And you're like, you know what? I'm gonna help these folks out. And you're picking up the sticks, put it on. Boom! Snake, viper, uh, viper comes out and latches straight on you. And you can see where I'm going with that. And I know that that's happened with folks over and over. You go through a storm. You have hard times in your life. You're going through that bad trial. You seem like you're, you've made it through, and things are looking up for you. Things are going well. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, just like that, something latches onto you, and it hurts. What are you going to do at that time? This thing, this viper, it latched onto him and attacked from a serpent. And you know what? That's what the devil, that, serp, that old serpent's going to do. He's gonna latch on to you in that time when you're when you're maybe you're just kind of beaten down maybe and you're just tired and and you're just wore out and you're just trying to trying to continue and you're like I'm just gonna do I'm gonna do something good here just trying to help out and boom serpent strikes what happens what happens after that and like I said it's a, it's not a planned event <laughs> you know Paul didn't be like oh that's where the viper is let's stick my hand over here. That's not how it happened. But this right here, this, this scenario is a test and trial of one's testimony. It's a test and trial of one's testimony. The Lord, he knows what's going to happen. He knew this was going to happen. True callers, they always show up in a crisis. You know, who you are shows up when things get tough. And not, I'm not belittling the tough times, but you need to shore up your life and your spiritual life when things aren't that tough. So when the tough times come and true colors come out, that true color is the color that you've been showing right along, right? Uh, you know, many people were watching as Paul deals with a serious issue that came up unexpected. A lot of people looking around that he didn't even know. What, what happens when those folks that they, they're, they're watching you when something happens? You you smash your hammer, your hand with a hammer, or. Or you, you bust something, or you get into an accident, or, or whatever it might be. You know in your mind, whatever that situation is, there's probably somebody watching to see what you're going to do. Or they might say, oh, that guy goes to church, he's a Christian, let's see how he handles this. How did you handle it? Did you handle it? Or did it handle you? Uh, what, what happened? You need to be ready as a Christian. Be prayed up. Uh, imagine if Paul began to curse and swear like Peter did, right? Imagine if Paul had done what Peter did, he cursed and swore. I wonder what the people would have thought then. I wonder how they would have thought of Paul if Paul began to do that. Not, probably not the best of them. They probably wouldn't have thought too, high, too highly of him. Is that what you do? Does your How is your speech? Do you begin to curse and swear literally? Is that something that happens? I hope not. I hope you can have a handle on something like that. But like I said, we we're talking about the first fire. Evil communications corrupt good manners. You're around that fire. You're maybe hanging around at that uh, that backslider's fire, and then you go through a storm. And then you go over the barbarians' fire. And then your true colors show, and you curse and swear again. I don't know. Two aspects here. Either you're hurt trying to help someone, or it's just it's a sin maybe that latches a hold of you. It comes up, boom, out of, out of nowhere, latches onto you. you got to get rid of it. Sin is a serpent. And you got to get rid of it. When that thing happens, what, what did Paul do? He shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. And that's what you have to do. If something up, you might not even, it might just blindside you. And something just pops in your life and it latches onto you, maybe some sin. And you're thinking, man, it's on me. You've got to be ready to snatch that thing right off of your hand into the fire. You can't just be like, oh, look, it's on me. Let me go show everybody else. Hey, look, this is on me. It's, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. It's going to latch on at the unexpected time. That's why the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour You need to be sober and you need to be vigilant. You need to walk circumspectly, redeeming the time. Be ready for whatever situation and scenario arises. Sure, storms are tough. You get through a storm, be ready. It's not all uh, uh, sunshine like it is always up here. You know, all sunshine and roses and all that good stuff that we always have, but after those storms, you have to be ready and say, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I can get through this. I can, I can get rid of that problem that's latched to me or whatever might have just unexpectedly come up in my life. I can get rid of that thing. I can cast down the imaginations. Look at 2 Corinthians real quick. We can look at that verse. We'll quote it here and there and stuff. And it's quoted quite often here. But it's a good verse to just get your eyes on and look at for a minute. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And verse 5, when that thing latches on you, you you need to have verses ready to go. Saying, hey, casting down imaginations when that thing latches onto your mind. Casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You need to be ready to get rid of that thing that's latched onto your mind, that thing that's latched onto your thumbs when you're on your phone, that, that thing that's latched onto your mouth when you're talking to those folks and you're making the dirty jokes or you're just, you're just letting things go. You need to get rid of it. Like I said, this, is a good, this isn't a bad fire to be around, but you need to be careful because something might pop out at you unexpectedly. Be ready. Be equipped with the verses in your heart. They'll make life a lot easier. You're not just stuck when it happens. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be attempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. I had to put that verse in my heart so I knew, and that would just pop back up, saying, okay, you can get through this if you want to, or you can give in if you want to. Choice is up to you. Shake off whatever's lashed on you. Whatever sin's got a hold of you, shake it off back into the fire. Last fire we'll look at this evening. John chapter 21. We have the backsliders fire, we have the barbarians fire, and now the beloved's fire. This is a fire you want to be around. This is the fire that you want to be around, and it just so happens the Lord wants you around this fire. Look at John chapter twenty-one. Uh, we'll hop. We'll just uh, we'll catch a couple verses in the beginning, and then read nine through fifteen. Let's start off one, and then five through six, nine through fifteen. Uh, verse one: After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples. Uh, at the sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. Now, verse five. Uh, then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the nets on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. Uh, they cast their net. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Now, verse nine. As soon as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon and bread. Jesus saith unto them, "'Bring up the fish which ye have now caught.' Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, and hundred and fifty and three, for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, "'Come and dine.' And none of the disciples durst ask ask him, "'Who art thou, knowing that he was the Lord?' Jesus then then cometh, and taketh bread, and giveth them and fish likewise." Now this is the third time that Jesus showed himself to uh, to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs. This is the fire that you want to be around, the beloved's fire. The Lord, he wants you here. This is where sweet fellowship happens. You fellowship around a, a dinner table. I like to eat, and I like to talk, and I like to do it at the same time. You fellowship, and uh, it's, it seems like it's sweeter, the better the food is. But anyways, uh, this is where sweet fellowship happens. This is where you get your nourishment that you need from the Lord. This is where the Lord speaks to you, and it might be a little more direct with you, like he was with Peter. And we're back on Peter again here in this, this situation Jesus, He's speaking with them. And if they weren't there, He wouldn't be talking to them. That makes sense, right? But Jesus, they're there, and He's speaking to them. You can't expect the Lord to to talk to you if you're not in the right place to listen. Make sure you're in the right place so the Lord can speak to you. It doesn't matter about your neighbor. It doesn't matter who else is in in your row chairs or whatever it might be. It's about you and your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not about them. Let them worry about them, and you worry about you, and I'll worry about me. The meals prepared for you is waiting for you, it's, it's there. It was there for them. Uh, it said that there was a the fish laid thereon and bread ready to go. God has always provided food for his children, whether it's manna and quail in the Old Testament or fish and bread in the New Testament, but he won't force you to eat it. That's the thing. He'll provide the meal. He'll have it there ready to go. But if you don't want to eat it, you're not going to... I mean, if you don't want to eat it, you don't eat it. Uh, we've, we've been there, right, with kids. When you, you take that food and you're like, open up, and they will not open up. And you're like, I'm just going to jam this through your lips and teeth and get this in there. you got to eat your food. <clears throat> I've never done that. But, you know, a kid that... <laughs> looking over at my children. Uh, but if they don't want to eat, I mean, they're not going to eat. You really can't force them to, no matter what. I mean, they can chew it up, they can spit it out or put it wherever and get spankings and all that good stuff. And, but they, at the end of it all, you can't force it to go down their throat. So you need to stop being stubborn and eat the food that's prepared for you at the beloved's. You, you forget whose fire you're around. You're not around just some, just some Joe Schmo's fire over here at some, uh, some backslider's uh, burn pit. all right, You're at the Beloved's fire. You're at the one who died for you on the cross. You're right there next to him. He's got a meal for you. He's got the right warmth for you. He's got everything for you. He's got the fellowship with you. He wants to talk with you. He wants to hear from you. He wants to maybe be a little more direct with some items with you, not just some, sure, generalities. General items are good to hear, but it's good to get good direct message from the Lord as well. And have him pinpoint some items and say, hey, what about this, bud? Or, hey, well, I just want to talk to you about this over here. Kind of like he was direct with Peter. He said unto him, Son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He was direct with him. asked him a, a pretty serious question. And the Lord will come to down to some serious stuff with you as well. But you need to stop being stubborn and eat the food prepared for you. You say, I'm starving. I don't get fed here because you're not opening your mouth and eating. Or you're just not showing up where the food is being provided. That's what happens. When you get to this fire, don't, like I said, don't worry about the other people that are there with you. There's other people here. And it just so happens that Peter decides to worry about them. He decides to worry about John. Peter seeing, uh, in verse 21, Peter seeing uh, him, talking about John, saith to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? Like it matters. Jesus saith unto him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. He lays it out pretty straight and forward, just very simple. Hey, why does it matter to you, buddy? All right, follow me. You're not following him. So who cares what he does? Be concerned about you and me. Have that judgment seat accountability. You're not accountable for what they're doing, so why does it matter? You're accountable for your walk. You focus on how somebody else is walking, you might just walk off into a ditch or off a cliff. Focus on your walk. Here's just a little, a little poem about this. Kind of. Uh, The closer we are to Jesus, the less likely we will fall into sin. The nearer we are to Him, the more power we'll have within. The faster we repent, the closer to Jesus we will be. The sooner we find His grace, the more God's mercy we'll see. Uh, The more we know Jesus, the less we'll have to fear. The nearer we grow to God, the farther our regrets will appear. The quicker we turn to Jesus, the sooner we will find God's peace. The earlier we believe in Him, the sooner our faith will increase. The closer we follow Jesus, the nearer to God we will be. The tighter we are to Jesus, the more in God we will trust. And I said all that in that poem to say this it's about being close to the Savior. The closer we are to Jesus, you're pretty close to somebody when you're sitting around a fire with them. You're pretty close to somebody when you're right there at a campfire and you've got the chairs around and stuff, and you're just, it's such a relaxing time, and especially if you've got food, and especially if the Lord provides it. And you're sitting there and you're a sweet fellowship and it's just, it's just a close communion and a close fellowship with the one who died for you on the cross. So in conclusion tonight, you know, the best part about these examples, these three fires, is that the same one that was around the Backsliders fire ended up around the Beloved's fire. That's the best part about, I think, all of it. Uh, the Barbarians fire, that's going to pop up in your life here and there. Just be ready for what might come out of a fire, out of a pile of sticks you're helping somebody out just expect something maybe to happen be, be ready for it have your have your have your arm around be ready to go but the best part like i said about it is hey peter he messed up and he was around that backslider's fire he wept bitterly peter has some issues but at the end here he's having some close fellowship with the lord he's at the beloved's fire he's talking with him he says And, and you can tell that it's bothering Peter in verse, in verse 17. You know, Peter's so outspoken and stuff. Let, when he was talking to the Lord before, he's saying it the more vehemently, you know, he's like, I'm not going to deny you. And he gets to verse 17 here, Jesus saith unto him the third time, son, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. You know, he, he was ready to go, and he, was, and he cared a lot about what the Lord thought about him here. He said, the Lord, you know I love you. He said, just feed my sheep. There's, there's hope if you're around the Barbarian, or the Beloved's, or the Backslider's fire. If you're around the Backslider's fire tonight, get away from it. Go to the Beloved's fire. That's not the only fire in town. If you go by that barbarian fire, just be ready. It's okay to go by that fire and get warmed up, help somebody out. Something might happen. So let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight. I thank you for this uh, sermon, Lord. I ask you, just it would just be a help to somebody, Lord. And I just uh, thank you for being good to us and just having so much mercy on us and and the forgiveness that you provide day in and day out. In Jesus' name, amen.